0: Every day during this great and terrible pause, the Quid Street Podcast is taking ten or so minutes to talk to readers and book lovers from all over the world about what they're reading, what they think you might enjoy reading, and how they're getting through all of this craziness. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the best-selling, award-winning Lord Grimdark himself, Joe Aber- Abercrombie. Hello, Joe.
1: Hey, lovely to be here.
0: <laughs> how are you? How have you been?
1: I've been fine, you know. Obviously, no one is uh, entirely as they were before these strange events began to unfold. And, and you know, the UK is a is a place that's pretty severely affected in many ways. But strangely, my own life, you know, kind of plods on. I, I used to spend an awful lot of time sitting in a room at home in front of a computer, and strangely, <laughs> I still spend an awful lot of time sitting at home in front of a computer. It's just now I'm bothered by my children an awful lot more than I used to be. Um so you know it's it's a concerning time for people in all kinds of businesses and some are very very badly affected. We're lucky that books, you know, can continue to some degree. E-books and audiobooks obviously do largely move on though some parts of the business are doing much better than others I understand. Uh but you know the paper book sales are somewhat interrupted that's for sure and the traditional kind of routes of promotion and marketing you know, festivals, conventions, bookshops, obviously, and, and book tours are obviously completely stopped. To shake the hands of a long queue of people breathing all over you is not the ideal pursuit, right? At the moment, I understand. So, you know, I've got a book coming out in September, and we would we would have done a book tour, we'd have done events. Obviously, that's all gone. So, people are wondering how to go about the. The marketing and things now and a lot of big book releases have been put back i think you know thrillers and and big literary books they're being held back for better times and that means not so much that you know by september say we hope things will have opened up but there may be a lot of books waiting to drop still that will kind Mm. of flood the marketplace a little bit even as time goes on so things will be very disrupted for some time to come of course yeah
0: and let me ask you: Are you are you able to function fairly well? You know, are, are you reading, writing that kind of thing, or did you have you found that you've sort of ground to a halt or been thrown off stride by all of this?
1: Well, I'm sort of in a in a phase of um, revising and finishing off. Really, my my, my latest, or you know, the, the next book and the one that comes after that. Um, and so, I find that revision. I can do, I can dip in and out of relatively effectively. I don't need to achieve a kind of deep concentration that I do if I'm doing a first draft. Um, So I'm lucky in where I am in the cycle. I think if I was first drafting, I might be a bit more distracted. But oddly, when, thing, when this first started, and obviously we were locked down and the kids were with us, so we felt like we had to give the kids a, a strict yeah. structure for the day, and that meant I had a strict stru- structure for the day, and I became massively more productive than I had been.
0: You know, <laughs> Funnily at some enough, some time actually,
1: you know, it was quite good for my work in in that way. But it has, you know, the wheels have started to come off the wagon a little bit lately. Um, mm-hmm. I must admit, honestly, with reading. I've never been a big reader, not, well, not while I've been a writer. I was a huge reader as a kid, you know, in in my, as a young man. And then when I started writing myself, I started to read considerably less. Um, and I read these days not much fiction at all, which is a horrible admission to make. Much more non-fiction. Um, and so, uh, you know, my reading's largely unaffected. I spend so much time reading my own books and revising my own books. I mean, I've got, for instance, to read to proofread my my latest book uh, over the next few days and so that will be you know all my reading material for those days and so reading's not necessarily the highest thing up my list and and you know right at the moment I feel the need to sort of turn the brain off for as much time as I can <laughs> so it tends to be more video games and perhaps a bit of Netflix if the, well, if the free time presents itself.
0: I will say a lot of what you're saying isn't unusual. A lot of people that I've spoken to doing these podcasts have said, you know, first of all, as writers, research material for a lot of people is the primary thing. Uh, the, because, because it's exactly the, the you know, that sort of arc you, you, you mentioned where you read, you read, you fall in love with it, all that kind of thing. And it's like, well, now I've got to do it. So now I need a different tool set of information, if you like. And so then you're doing that research. And then you're doing that. And yes, you're right. They're the whole time just consuming going through drafts and drafts and proofs and copy edits and pages and all that kind of stuff goes on forever. Yeah. So I can totally get I'm it. I'm not sure whether it's guilt
1: or venomous ambition. Obviously I have both in considerable quantities, <laughs> but, uh, I, I feel always I've got whatever I'm doing has to be tilted towards work in some way or another, yeah. you know, more or less. And so I find it very, very hard to find time to just read. A good book that I've yeah. been to someone, if it's got nothing to do with with work in one way or another.
0: Well, allowing that research and non-genre books, in fact, anything you're reading falls fairly within the remit of a, of the conversation. Yep. Have you, what have you been reading lately? And you know, frankly, was it any good?
1: Yeah, I've been reading two things, or I'm, I'm near the start of two things. So mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to make a kind of a categorical statement on how good they are. Uh, but one is Ben Kane's Lionheart. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, it was due to come out this month, I think. I've got a proof, and it was due to come out this month. I'm not sure whether the, in, that's been interrupted or not. There was, uh, he's a historical novelist in, I guess, the Bernard Cornwell kind of mold, uh, who lives relatively near me in the southwest in, in England, and there was some talk of us doing some events together because I had a mass market paperback on my last book coming out, and he had the hardcover of his new book coming out, and so we're going to kind of do some a uh, uh, hilarious double act, you know, out on the road. Obviously, that has been somewhat interrupted maybe in 2025 or something. That will now occur. I don't know. But, you know, he writes, he writes historical fiction of a, of a kind of, you know, a tough action style in the Bernard Cornwell moulds, I say. And this is, uh, the start of a series, I think, with a, uh, Henry V sort of bent. I know a, a Richard, Richard the Lionheart sort of bent. Sorry, I'm, I've messed that one up. A Richard the Lionheart sort of bent. And, uh, so yeah, I'm enjoying that. It's, it's kind of a very recognizable style, but I, I like a recognizable style if it's done well. In fact, that's the thing I like most in many ways. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to carrying on with that when I get a minute. And then the other thing that I'm reading is, um, a history of the popes. By John Julius Norwich, and he's a, a writer I've enjoyed quite a lot in the past. I read a history of Byzantium and a history of Venice, so the Venetian Republic, by him, both of which I, I liked a lot. Um, and so looking forward to reading about the popes.
0: Excellent. Yeah. That sounds like a, a hoot. Absolutely, yeah.
1: A what hoot. could be more of a hoot <laughs> than its holiness? <laughs>
0: Well let me ask you this. I've been having a conversation about what people should read, you know, what 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 might they read like, rather than should. Should's a little bit too sort of sort of pushy, but and I've been looking at this kind of dichotomy if you will between Proust and Pratchett. Do you read something worthy and challenging that you really should read, you know, in between learning Latin and rebuilding the gazebo? Or do you go for something that's comforting and, you know, just, will just make you feel good at the moment? And, you know, is there something that space mm. that you'd recommend to people?
1: I reject your dichotomy. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. I, uh,
1: I think, you know, a great book should be both enjoyable and informative for myself. And I think, you know, things that are very pulpy but are very well done still have an awful lot to say potentially, you know, and things that are, very highbrow can also be extremely compelling, you know. And so I I kind of, I have short patience for books that are on the extremes, if you like, and, and don't offer to some amount of both these days and would probably, in the end, not bother. Life's just too short, you know. Um, but it, clearly, if it's an opportunity to get something big read, then I would always recommend Shelby Foote's Narrative History of the American Civil War, which is one of my favourite kind of bits of historical writing that I read many years ago. I uh, borrowed them from a friend of mine who's a bibliophile, and he's obsessed about the spines on his books, and they were these <laughs> vast paperbacks. <laughs> so I read them kind of peering with them barely <laughs> open, peering in with one eye for fear of splitting the spines. And uh, they're just a, a fascinating study of a you know quite fascinating period on the cusp of Modernity and, and a sort of much more romantic's the wrong word, but, but you know, a, a, a period that feels in a sense like ancient history, but that is surprisingly modern at other times. And you can kind of see the modern world starting to emerge during the course of those events. And it's a very, I found it a very astutely observed, um, history with a real eye for character and drama, you know, which, which is not always the case. Narrative history can sometimes be quite dry, but, he was a novelist and he comes to it with a, with a novelist eye. I mean, there's some, uh, concern about him being a a Southern boy with a bit of Southern apologia in there, which I think you've got to be kind of conscious of when you read it. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's horribly, you know, it it feels to some degree even handed, um, as long as you're conscious that that it's, it's somewhat perhaps written from one side. Um, so I think those are fantastic books, and I'd recommend them to anyone. But you obviously need quite a lot of time. It took him 30 years to write them, I believe, and it doesn't take a lot less long to read them. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, I always recommend Westerns, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not the best read in fantasy of recent times. So if you ask me to recommend fantasy, I'll say, have you heard of A Game of Thrones? I think it might be big. You know, that's the level of my recommendations. So... I tend to re- recommend things people might not have heard of so much. So westerns is, a, is an area I I love. And it's journal of the gun years, plainly
0: right? Plainly, yeah, absolutely. Fiction. I mean, in fact, absolutely. the Shelby foot books and this and westerns yeah. plainly influence what you do.
1: Oh, abs- yeah, I, I mean entirely. And uh, you know, I, I, I my influences are, are widely sampled for sure. But I, I do love a good western. So yeah, Richard Matheson's Journal of the Gun Years is a very thin little thing, mm-hmm. but is it an excellent book for the kind of cost of violence mm-hmm. you know it's an anti-heroic western about how you know awful gunfires are in effect <laughs> and how the whole life destroys everyone with which it comes into contact so yeah. that and lonesome dove you know lonesome dove is a book yeah. i always recommend I just think it's a magnificent yeah beautifully composed and balanced and put together book which has kind of the virtues that i always really value mm-hmm. in books which I try to kind of get myself, which is just great characters and a, a beautiful, easy, witty kind of quality to the dialogue, easy characterization, and, and you know, writing that's not in your face mm-hmm. but is full of kind of texture and character. Yeah. So that El- Elmo Leonard's another similar writer who can kind of just give you a line of dialogue and establish yeah. a character with their yeah. quirks, a line of dialogue and just a character doing something with his hat, some yeah. habit. Yeah. You know, yes. and, and straight away, you've got a character there yes. that might take another writer pages to set up. They just produce them so effortlessly. Mm. So some Dove, I, I love and would always recommend.
0: Okay. And let me ask you, since obviously you've been working through all this time, do you have anything coming out in the world that people might want, you might want people to be aware of?
1: Yes, well, I'd always want everyone to be aware of anything that I could, At least buy it, if not read it. You know, reading is optional, but definitely buy it. Um, I think the the mass market paperback of uh, A Little Hatred, which was my la- my most recent book, um, has just come out in the UK. Always coming out over the next week or two. So I imagine that will be happening in Australia mm-hmm. also. I'm not sure whether they're doing a mass market payback in the US because the market's a little bit different for that format yeah. of book over there. Um, and then the second book in that series uh, called The Trouble with Peace uh, is coming out in September. That has mm-hmm. long been the plan. Of course, things are a little bit kind of uh, disturbed at the moment. So there's always the possibility <laughs> of force majeure but we've tried very, very hard to get that book out in September, so I'm pretty confident that it will appear. 15th of September, I believe, is the date.
0: Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. We were speaking to your editor, Julian Redfern, here on the podcast, so listeners know that not only is the book coming, but it's distressingly difficult to get, even if you're related to the editor. Oh, absolutely. So. Well, you want, you, no one wants to be easy to get, does he? <laughs> but we shall all keep an eye out for it. I can certainly say I've read and loved A Little Hatred I'm desperately eager as well to read the new book but for the moment, thank you you so much for making time to talk to us. I genuinely appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. We've all got a lot of time at
1: the moment, so thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, thank you.